1: Hello from Las Vegas. Hello from Radio Row, and welcome to Dual Threat. I'm Nora Princiati. and I'm
2: Stephen Ruiz.
1: We're here. We're on Radio Row. This is our first show of this week, uh, not from inside right. a Dorito-shaped hotel. So it That's feels good, good.
2: Does it feel good?
1: I think it feels good.
2: Yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm feeling. I'm missing the Dorito ambiance, the Dorito aura.
1: I don't know that I'm 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 missing the Dorito aura. Oh, okay. Uh, Radio Row is kind of back. It's a busy, it's a busy atmosphere. There were a couple kind of quiet years, like post-COVID. It still sort of like came back in a trickle. I felt like the last couple of years. This year is really back. Like the Super Bowl is just sort of, it's all around us. We got
2: Carrot Top walking around. Carrot Top didn't is have here. that last year.
1: Carrot Top is here. Carrot Top, I believe, is on on some Ringer airwaves today. Um, That's
2: a big get because he's a big, big deal out here. It's
1: it's he's a big the get. I would say. Uh, Carrot top for MVP?
2: Uh, I don't like the odds, honestly.
1: You have uh, spent some time today, Stephen, figuring out that there are odds on quite a few players to potentially win Super Bowl MVP, which is what we're going to spend today's right. pod mostly talking about. Um, we, There's some some Harrison Butker odds. Uh, we
2: both cover the NFL for a yeah, living. Have true. you ever heard of Robert Beal Jr.? <laughs> Absolutely not. He is plus 7.0. Seven, I, I don't even know. There's so many zeros, I don't even know the number. But he's, he's got odds to win the Super Bowl. Have you, have you heard of this fine gentleman? I have not. Do we know what he does? He's a defensive end. We did some research. He has one career sack. If he gets number two, number three, I think he can win MVP.
1: I mean, that would, that would be an absolute coup for someone. Uh, but we're going to go through, we're going to draft MVP candidates today. And we're sort of going by the odds. Not really. Um, But we're each going to come up with a team of five of the players, either for the Chiefs or the 49ers, who we think are most likely to win Super Bowl MVP on Sunday. Uh, Since we are in Las Vegas, and since we have to pick who's going to go first here, it was suggested to us by our fabulous producers that we draw cards. We have some cards in front of us, some fabulous Las Vegas cards, um, which I shuffled, and I shuffled them incredibly badly. Because this is a fresh deck. Uh,
2: Excuses. We, Excuses. We were gonna
1: draw and see who comes up with the high card. So, um, Stephen, do you trust me to to like splay out these cards? I trust you. Okay, I'll let you pick
2: first. Oh, this is pressure. A four. Four. Not a good pick.
1: Okay. Six. Wow. Okay, so I get to go first. I get to go first. Yeah.
2: I wonder where you're going with this one.
1: Straight for Brock Brady. Um, so I'm gonna take Patrick Mahomes. Oh. Ever heard of him? I have not. The quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, he's a nice, a nice young gentleman. Uh sort of a Kermit the Frog affect with the voice. Talented football player. Talented football player at a critical position. Explain him in
2: Robert Beale Jr. terms.
1: He is at least four Robert Beale juniors.
2: Ah, you got a good pick on your hand. in
1: value for, for Kansas City. You. Yeah, um, look, I, I think I think the Chiefs are going to win this game, and if they do, there is a very strong likelihood that Patrick Mahomes ends up ends up with that MVP hardware at the end of this
2: yeah I think someone would have to have like a historic game for that not to happen like I'm thinking back to the Tom Brady Super Bowls and like the James White against the Falcons he should have won MVP but right. by default Tom Brady gets it so I, Unless I think that's there thing. is
1: something like like there's there's the Julian Edelman example right where there's like some pivotal play right that is so memorable where it swings and I'm, I'm not gonna say that that's impossible with this Chiefs team I mean for instance and we'll get there but like if if they end up winning and the running game really powers them maybe it goes in a different direction there I think the passing game the players who could end up with an MVP win because of their contributions to the passing game that gets really tough right because if Travis Kelsey has 160 yards and, and two touchdowns well Patrick Mahomes probably had a pretty good day throwing the football and that's where it gets complicated. So well, well easy. Oh, Blaine oh. Gabbard
2: has plus 4,900 odds if you're interested. So not necessarily. Just want to put that on I your I don't
1: want to live in a universe where we're talking about Blaine Gabbard's we're potential one contribution one where
2: there's a, to the Super Bowl. 15-foot version of Brock Purdy <laughs> hanging up. I know. He's cheering. I feel like Blaine Gabbard's not It's not too big of a reach from there. Are
1: you saying that Blaine Gabbard is going to play quarterback for the 49ers? No, 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 no. no,
2: no, no. Um, Should I make my pick?
1: Yeah, you make your pick because mine is mine's the All easy right. one. All right,
2: I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey.
1: So I had number two on my board as, as well. Yeah.
2: I was thinking about Brock Purdy despite my, uh, I don't want to say, I'm not rooting against Brock Purdy, but I do think like the, the sake of football and like how we analyze the sport and how we think about the quarterback position, I think is riding on this game. For America. A little bit. At least that's how I see it. I don't for know. The,
1: for the sake of the nuclear family.
2: Yeah, that's right. And Carrot Top told me that he was feeling the same way. Uh, did but, he really? No, he did not. I did not I talk know. to Carrot Top. Unfortunately, I'm not big <laughs> Can enough. Can you
1: imagine if Carrot Top just walked up to you? And said, You're Stephen Ruiz. You're the quarterback rankings guy. You've been on this Brock Purdy
2: yeah, he's with me. guy
1: from the start.
2: Uh, but yeah, I think Christian McCaffrey, if Brock Purdy has a game where he just looks shaky, like he has the last couple of playoff games and they still win the game, I, I really don't think the media is going to give it to him. And we're going to be in the press box. I might have to launch a ca- campaign to thwart... Him winning the award, if it happens.
1: I, I don't even think it would be that hard, though, because the thing about the 49ers, and again, I'm, I'm I'm picking the Chiefs, but if the 49ers win, they have to win this game on first and second down. Right. Offensively. Because Brock Purdy has to, to stay in positive down and distances so that Spags can't do his thing. And a lot of that is going to hinge on McCaffrey's performance and particularly <laughs> how McCaffrey is able to handle what – the Chiefs choose to do defensively and how much they choose to sell out to stop the run or not. You and Ben Solak wrote an awesome piece that's up on the ringer.com and people should check that out. Um, doing the game plans for both teams. And one thing I thought it was super interesting that you pointed out was that in these teams last matchup last season, which was after Christian McCaffrey joined the 49ers, but it was the first game and he only played something like 22 snaps um, so it wasn't the full sort of effect of him joining that offense. But still, when Shanahan had heavy personnel on the field, the Chiefs did not necessarily counter. They right. stayed in nickel like half the time.
2: Yeah, and that was a big change from the Super Bowl matchup. Because Spags was the D.C. then, and they matched with base defense. And I think that's the difference between these guys. I think they're going to let Christian McCaffrey kind of cook. They don't want to give up the explosives in the past. I think he's going to have a big game whether they win or lose.
1: And, well, so I think that's probably true if we're calling a big game 100 yards and a touchdown, right? But I think a huge thing for the 49ers is, is it 100 yards and a touchdown or is it 180 yards and two touchdowns, right? Because then you start to get into the territory where maybe it's too much to overcome. And whether that's just, you know, Christian McCaffrey goes and wins the 49ers the game or... If it gets into the the Chiefs' heads a little bit and Spag starts going, okay, maybe we do have to change what we want to do. Maybe we do have to get bigger bodies on the field. All of a sudden, they are out of their defensive game, right? Because the strength of that defense is, is in the secondary. And then you're playing the game on the 49ers' terms. So a game script that I think is very San Francisco favoring is one where McCaffrey really dominates. Um, so I'm sort of making your argument. I'm jealous of this pick, uh, even though I got to go first. But I, I, I like McCaffrey as the favorite for 49ers win MVP scenarios. But I
2: do feel like you have an advantage because you know I'm not I'm not going to take Purdy high. And you can kind of leave him on the board. Well, Are you so, going to do that?
1: So here's the thing. I, I am going to do that. Okay. Um, it's not really because I think you're not going to do it. No. Uh, it, it it's... Probably because I think that the Chiefs are more likely to win this game. So that's sort of built into my rankings here. But I will take Isaiah Pacheco with my next pick. pick. Um, And this is one I'm just really I'm really curious to see what type of game Pacheco ends up having Um, because he's become so important to this Kansas City offense. But I do feel like there's this big question mark of how he's going to play in this game because the ways in which he has been successful do not necessarily match up with the weakest parts of the San Francisco run defense. They are generally speaking the most vulnerable on the perimeter and outside runs. Um, But Kansas city, particularly when they face the the types of four down fronts that the chiefs are going to give them a lot of, they like to condense their formations. They like to feed Pacheco which is not something that's going to hit San Francisco's major weaknesses. I don't know what direction that's going to go in, but if they, if it manages to work and whether that's Kansas city adjusting and maybe finding ways to get him, get him on the outside a little bit more or whether it's just, they win that strength on relative strength within the types of run defense that San Francisco does, whether they just win that way, I, I think Pacheco is sort of the favorite non-Mahomes Chiefs
2: candidate I think to so, yeah. have a big enough game. To win I think NFL so, games. too. And I think because the next most obvious pick is Travis Kelsey. And like you said, with, the, with a pass okay, catcher. just and so you know,
1: Travis Kelsey is not next on my list.
2: Oh, really? He's not the next chief or he's not the next player? He's the next chief, but he's not the next okay. player. Okay. I'm going to take Travis Kelsey, though. I'm just going to disregard everything I just said. Because I can see Patrick Mahomes throwing an interception, taking a couple sacks. And I could see a situation where we have seen, the like in the Patriots games, like you said, Julian Edelman catches 11 balls, a key play, a big touchdown. I could see Kelsey getting it. And I think the Taylor Swift thing matters. Oh, same. It definitely matters. He's a big (laughs) storyline coming into this. And if he has a big game, I think it's going to... She's a
1: nice lady. People like her. I mean, she just, like, seriously, she just won a Grammy. And the entire vibe of... That evening was like the a decision was made to just celebrate the year that she's had and everything yeah. that she's touching, sort of turning to gold. I think there's there's no reason why MVP b- voting wouldn't have a similar dynamic. I'm less bullish on Kelsey to win MVP just because I think a Kelsey scenario is a Mahomes scenario. Yeah, right. Um, can we back up for a second though? I'm I'm curious what you think about how Kansas City is going to use pacheco just in terms of how they want to test that 49ers run defense yeah
2: i think he's going to be a battering ram just send him at a pass rusher whichever one you want to slow down i think it's going to be nick bosa for the f- most part but i think chase young's going to get attacked too i think that's the best way to keep them I would off run of Patrick chase, yeah. yeah that would be my my, <laughs> be my first option but i do think if you get nick bosa's mind racing if he starts thinking about the run he's not putting his ears back he's not firing off the ball i think that makes a difference later in the fourth quarter
0: And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game, no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice cold reward because you are a fighter and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodelo.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. So maybe that's a good good transition into my next pick because I think Nick Bosa's got a chance. Um, and I think in particular, you know, uh, he lines up on both sides, but I think especially he's going to spend a fair amount of time matched up on Juwan Taylor. Uh, Nick Bosa was asked about the Chiefs tackles the other day, and his his comment was, they hold a lot.
2: Hey, if, if they get a couple holding calls because of what he said, that should go on his that, resume. That
1: is, that is smart. That is gamesmanship.
2: That's more coaching than Steve Wilkes has done.
1: I, I had the, I had the same thought that that was a clever thing to sort of plant um, in the minds of any refs who were paying attention. Uh, but I think it, the mismatch with Kansas City's tackles, um, that offensive line overall, I think is an underrated part of yeah. of the of this game. Just because you know Joe Tooney's got an injury, um, and that's going to affect them if they want to run a lot on the inside as well. I think there's there's a world in which it feels like San Francisco has sort of overcome the defensive weaknesses yeah. of the first few playoff games, and I think Nick Bosa would probably have a lot to do with that.
2: I mean, if the Chiefs lose this game, I picture it like a Tampa Bay Chiefs Super Bowl. Like, what happened right. in that game where he had no time, he had pressure in his face right when he took the snap, and... If the 49ers win, I think Nick Bosa has to have that type of game. If he doesn't have that type of game, I don't see them having a path to victory.
1: Okay, so I've got Mahomes, Pacheco, and Bosa. You've got McCaffrey and Kill a Trav.
2: You're killing me. Yeah,
1: You're dominating like me. I, I got, was got the first pick. I was going
2: to do a bit pick and take Sam Darnold, but now I can't do that. Now I have to like <laughs> save some face here. <laughs> i got to go with Debo Samuel. Okay. Because I think Debo has that ability to do the wide receiver stuff, but I think he could bust out like a 50-yard run, change the game. And we've seen in past Super Bowls, those type of guys kind of get elevated, even if they haven't had a big impact, like over a dozen plays or so. If you make a big enough impact in four plays that really stand out, I think he'll get a lot of votes, especially with this team where it's always so hard to divide credit with them. Right. Like It's it's thin margins, like who's having a better game between McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and Kittle. And Brandon Ayuk is another one. So I think Debo has a chance to kind of bridge those gaps between the pass game and the run game.
1: Debo also has... These are not real odds. But (laughs) Debo has to have some of the best odds to have just, like, some absolute running with six guys draped on his shoulders. Highlight reel moments in this game. Because the Chiefs defense, for all of their strengths, they give up a lot of yards after contact. And that's not a great not a great place to be no. against the San Francisco 49ers. Um, and I think Debo Samuel is a pretty good poster child for that. He's going to give you problems. So particularly if he goes off and if we're just looking at a highlight reel after this game of plays where it's Debo over the middle of the field and there's just like three guys hanging on to him and he's just running for yards after the catch. I, I, I can see that contributing a lot. And
2: I think there's like a difference between Mahomes and Kelsey and what they do and Purdy and Samuel because like, Purdy can just flip a screen out to him, and he can take that 50 yards. And that will go as 50 yards in Purdy's box score. But we'll know. We'll be like, yeah. that, that, that would <laughs> we'll know. We, we know. We, we know. know. Brock knows. Brock knows, too. Kyle knows. And Sam knows.
1: Sam knows. Everybody knows. Uh, okay. This is where it gets tricky. Yes. I, I'm going to do this one from the heart. I'm taking Legereus Sneed. Why is that from the heart? I just... <laughs> Random. I mean, not Le'Veon Steed is a wonderful I player. Say it's He's not little a little randomizing. Like <laughs> quite possibly the best player on the Chiefs' defense. Make like, a wish, Super Bowl. Random, MVP. random defensive players winning Super Bowl MVP is just like always a good bit. But I really do think that there's a world in which you know Le'Veon Steed has become a cornerstone player for this Chiefs' defense. That's been their strength over the course of the season. As sort of jarring as as that world is given who their quarterback is and he's also a guy who you know they like to blitz him Spags loves to use him in unique ways and I think a lot of what happens when the 49ers have the ball is going to be dictated particularly if um, if they do get into third and long situations with how Spags wants to just like mess around and like do some crazy stuff and he'll blitz anyone basically. But Snead is the type of guy who could end up with a pick and two sacks. Right, right. Yeah. And just have that type of like weird defensive performance. Maybe a fumble. Maybe a fumble.
2: A, a fumble, fumble, like it, like fumble recovery. Yeah.
1: I mean, he, he seems like someone who could have a lot of impact plays. And a lot of what Kansas City is going to have to focus on doing is, is creating those disruptive plays and creating right, those yeah. negative plays. Because, again, you need to keep this offense in passing situations and not allow them to get into their bread and butter stuff.
2: Yeah. Uh, and he could unlock that. You're not so worried about them getting into like second in it, Like if they get a big gain on first down, you're not worried about it because it's a, it's another series of downs. But if you get like a negative play on first down, now you're cooking. Right. And I think that's going to be the goal. I think it's going to be a, a boomer bust type of game plan for them. And I do think the goal is going to be creating turnovers and the defensive backs have the best chance of catching an, an interception that's why I'm taking Justin Reed, because I think if Brock Purdy's going to throw some interceptions, I think it's going to the safeties in the okay. middle of the field. Go over the, the guys the that kind of lurk and the guys who are involved in those coverage disguises. And I think Reed is the one that kind of moves all over the place and can match up with tight ends and stuff. And he ends up in those zones that Purdy likes to attack.
1: Who's got better? Who's got better odds between Reed and Reed and Sneed? That's
2: a good question. It's Reed. I don't know. It's Sneed by a significant margin.
1: OK. All right.
2: That's I've got terrible odds across the board.
1: I have no idea what the odds are. I, I'm going to have um, to take
2: Brock. Please don't take him next. <laughs> I'm going to have to take him. Sorry, Carrot Top. Well, I
1: think I, it's, it's your pick, right? Oh, it, no, I, I took Reed. Oh, you took Justin Reed. Um, all right. Then. So here's who it's down to for me. It's, it's Brandon Ayuk or it's Rishi Rice. Um, You're going to make me do it. Yeah, I am gonna, yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah, Brock is. I'm just not doing it for the bit. Brock is considerably higher up my list than either of those two players. <laughs> but I'm just not doing it because I think you have to. Um, I'm gonna take. I'm. Gonna, I'm gonna take. Ah, uh, I'm gonna take Ayuk. I have absolutely no idea where we are. In I think this I was exercise. about to be forced
2: to take Brock Purdy.
1: Okay. Yes.
2: Here's the upside. I won't have to work on Sunday night. I will be done. <laughs> With NFL coverage, you guys will have to find a new podcast host. Maybe Chris, uh, producer Chris can fill in. Maybe Ben Solak can fill in. Maybe Sheil can fill in. (laughs) No, we're not. Maybe Brock Purdy can fill in. (laughs) Who knows? He's a natural at everything. But uh, no, I I do think if the 49ers win, there's a very good chance that Brock Purdy wins MVP. And I think he'll deserve it probably, like based on the stats and based on the fact that he probably hasn't thrown in a pick or taken a bad sack or fumbled the ball. So if you if he avoids turnovers, I couldn't live with Brock Purdy winning MVP.
1: Well, also like he's he really has found something with the escapability and the second reaction stuff. That is what what the 49ers were looking for when they moved on from Garoppolo. Obviously, it didn't didn't happen exactly the way that they thought it would. But I, I think because so much of what we're talking about this with this matchup has to do with sort of withstanding spags. If he gets through this game and the 49ers win and he doesn't have a lot of those big negative plays, he's probably done something very positive in right, terms right. of avoiding the pressure, extending some of the plays. It's what we've seen when he's been at his best in this postseason. And, you know, I think if that happens, I think he'll deserve it. Like, he's, he's here for a reason. It's less likely, I think, than someone like Christian McCaffrey really... Shouldering the heavy burden for them. Um, didn't mention with that, by the way, Kansas City not having Charles Amenhu.
2: Yeah, that's a big deal. Is
1: going to be a big deal.
2: yeah And there's... another
1: reason why, why I think McCaffrey could really go off.
2: Yeah, because he's in charge of kind of sealing the edge. And when McCaffrey gets to the edge, like it's a 50-yard Slippery. touchdown every time. Cornerbacks have to tackle him. That's not happening. Uh, I feel good about my team now, though, that I got Purdy that's good value
1: I, I, purdy i mean I, I i got him with the I, last pick
2: he's better relevant in this graph really, too
1: it's really it's beautiful it's poetic it is. um i shouldn't have let you do that, but no. it was just too funny not to i had purdy fifth on my on my big board um and we were down at at the tail end, obviously by the time we finished up but i just i just couldn't i couldn't do it.
2: Mm. So. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for that that platform.
1: This is maybe how I lose this exercise, but it'll have been worth
2: it. Um
1: All right, anything else? I mean, is who's like who is off the board who deserves an honorable mention?
2: Sam Darnold. <laughs> I'm just saying. Just saying.
1: You're absolutely ridiculous.
2: <laughs> if he gets in. Okay, if he gets in in the second quarter, what what is his odds for you? Percent chance?
1: If Sam Darnold enters the game in the second half and second quarter, second quarter, he needs a little time to
2: cook. He needs some, okay. Sam okay. Darnold needs time to warm up. Okay.
1: And he leads the 49ers to victory. Yeah, yeah, I think Sam Darnold will win MVP. Okay,
2: there you have it. Can you cut out the, the context there's a, So from that? I saw Just there's the, a, there's the, a the Sam a, Darnold will, there's will win MVP.
1: A TikTok, I saw the other day from a Swifty account that was like, Super Bowl predictions, mm-hmm. and you know they're going through all the things that would happen in the Super Bowl, and then it was like, oh no, Patrick Mahomes is hurt. He's down on the field. He's been getting carted off the field. He can't go back into the game. He's done. What? What's happening now? Is that Taylor Swift running onto oh the field God. and playing quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs? Touchdown! Chiefs win. Taylor wins the Super Bowl, and that is what you are doing with Sam Darnold. I disagree. I think it is equally
2: likely. You that were both comparing. Of those <laughs> Sam Darnold was the third overall pick. Taylor Swift emergency quarterback. I now, I think she could put up fifteen points in the Shanahan offense.
0: I think
1: she could too. She's tall.
2: All she has to do is hand off the ball. She can do she can it. Throw a screen pass. She can
1: absolutely do. It. I mean, she's she's really good with choreography. You know.
2: Good point. She Jimmy can... wasn't, and he was good.
1: <laughs> There's a, She's got actually. She's got some legs. Because she's got she there's a um, there's a famous meme where there is just like a very ridiculous photo of her running down the stage at the era store and somebody posted it and she commented on it. Still swift AF boy and boy with the eye. Um, I'd love to know her 40 time. That's all I'm saying. How tall is she? She's like 5'11".
2: I wish the Panthers had a quarterback that <laughs> tall.
1: All right. Those are our MVP predictions. Um, we'll have to check back in and see how everybody did. There's been some little news, news nuggets yes. that it felt like we should address on the pod. Starting with one that I, I have to say, I am perhaps more excited to hear your take on Stephen than like anything that we've talked about okay. ever. Um, Rex Ryan has interviewed for the Dallas defensive coordinator job. Uh, the Cowboys have interviewed Rex Ryan. They have also interviewed Mike Zimmer. They've interviewed Ron Rivera. Um, <laughs> they have a type. Bring in it all the guys from 2015. old men. Um, and I think Rex Ryan really leads the charge in that. What do you, how, how do you feel about
2: I Cowboys defensive coordinator Rex Ryan? <laughs> I want it. I need it. The league needs it. Everybody needs it. Mike McCarthy, and it's not about Rex being back in the league. It's about him being back in the league with Mike McCarthy.
1: It's just, it is an unbelievably good, like, buddy, buddy cop situation. His dad
2: punched an offensive coordinator in the face on the (laughs) sideline. That's the floor. Rex is going to raise that floor, and I need to see what happens. It would be really
1: fabulous. Um, In all seriousness, I, I don't understand how this this happened. This seems very strange. Rex Ryan has been doing TV for several years now. Mike Zimmer, Zimmer could be good in that job. I,
2: I, I agree. I think Rex Ryan could be good. Call me crazy.
1: Do you like him with, with their personnel?
2: Uh, sure. Why not? Michael Parsons, I think you could get good She's use out of there. Very aggressive. Him. Like right. Rex Ryan was kind of ahead of his time with like the defensive stuff. Like he was doing a lot of the stuff we celebrate now. Like never wrong. Just ten really. years ago, exactly. Give him a chance. Give him a quarterback. He's never had one.
1: I would absolutely love if Rex Ryan returns to the league and, like, becomes the new Fangio, takes to the league by storm. That would be so good. Defensive genius. It's good
2: stuff. Gets another head coaching job.
1: Rex Ryan. Like. The funny thing is that I remember, like, I had ESPN on at some point a couple weeks ago, like, in my kitchen and they were plug, they were kind of like plugging Rex as a as a coaching candidate and i was sort of like the joke is really on me here cuz i was sort of like this is a little this is a little sad like come on guys
2: stop like you're you're sort of embarrassing i know? will like- say this he's a respected mind in the history of football i know we don't like to think of him in those terms but like i think defensive coaches and offensive coaches think of him like that yeah so i don't know i, I can see it true. i can see it it's better than ron true. rivera Poor Ron Rivera. Whose bright idea on defense was, let's hire Jack Del Rio in 2022.
1: <laughs> Poor Ron Rivera. Oh, Rex Ryan. We wish you the best.
2: Can we talk about Eric Bieniemy in this yeah. story? Yeah. Because how is this not cheating? How is this not... <laughs> I was joking with... Uh, well, because he doesn't have a job. But didn't he have a job at the time, technically?
1: So, okay. So, here's here's the deal. Um, Eric Bieniemy, who has not been retained by the Washington Commanders, right. where he... Uh, Went from Kansas City to be offensive coordinator and play caller as a step in the right direction to hopefully get a head coaching job, which has not happened. And now their offensive coordinator is Cliff Kingsbury, and they did not have a space for him. Um, it has come out now that that before the AFC championship game, Biennemi went to Kansas City right. and was like drawing up plays on the whiteboard and talking to the team and, and hanging out in the meeting rooms and has continued to, to consult for the Chiefs. Um, it's unclear if he's going to have a more permanent role on, on the staff. You know, Andy Reid was asked about that, and he said, I don't have a spot right now. I, I think you know, there's a little bit of, of coach speak in, in that way because you can make a spot if you want to right. and give him some random job. I mean, obviously, you have Nagy in there and you got to figure out uh, at what point it's too many cooks, but he obviously cares a lot about Eric Bieniemy, believes in, in him as a coach, so I can see something coming to fruition there. But this is a sort of, it's a weird dynamic and you're right right to ask whether or not he was still under contract or in some capacity employed with Washington before the, the AFC championship game, because this is before we learned that he was no longer going to be there. I'm going to assume, I'm going to assume everybody did things on the level. Yeah.
2: I don't think Andy Reid would be broadcasting this if it wasn't right. Yeah,
1: right. And I mean, Mahomes is talking about, it, and they all seem very like, oh, we're we're happy to have EB around and he's helping us. So I think it's fine. It, it, it's just another piece of like, what is going on with Washington?
2: That's that. Yeah, that's a good point. My take on it was Lamar collusion again. <laughs> they tried in the off season. Now the whole league's trying to prevent him from going to the Super Bowl. They're bringing in Eric Bieniemy. Wow. What do you think?
1: I was not expecting that. That was spicy. Um, I think they're mostly just trying to do the guy a solid no, and, and get him is. back into a good role, which he deserves. Um, yeah. I still feel like the most likely outcome is that he will be on Kansas City's staff, but I liked your idea that maybe the college game could end up being another good
2: option. Yeah, I think he needs to get a head job. That's the only way to prove it. Like, he's done everything else. He's gone through all the hoops that you usually have to go through. He's led a a quarterback to a Super Bowl twice. I think he needs a head job. That's the only way he's going to prove that he can do this job like this.
1: That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. This has been fun. I've really enjoyed our, our first Radio Row pod of Super Bowl week.
2: And now I know how it feels to be Kyle Shanahan. I took Brock Birdie with the last pick, and it's going to help me win <laughs> it's help a Super win. Bowl competition. It's going to
1: lead to your ultimate triumph. Oh, the man. difference is
2: it's going to help Kyle maintain his job. And it's going to lead to me losing my job. That's the bad Something.
1: part. It's going to help Kyle. Kyle's job security is fine. Kyle's sanity is, is the, the real, I think, crux of the issue. Um, this is Ben. Dual Threat. That's all right. Live from Radio Row. I'm Nora Pinciotti. He's Steven Ruiz. We're going to be back on Friday with Shiel Capadia and, and Ben Solak, all four of us together. Uh, extra threat point taken. Extra point taken threat. Extra, extra threat, threat taken. Threat, extra threat taken.
2: Extra threat taken. Maybe just
1: extra threat. We've settled on extra threat. Yeah, I like uh, that. But that'll be really fun. I think we might do some... some prop stuff. We might do some, uh, how many Usher songs can Ben Solak name, which is probably going to be zero. Uh, and we'll have a lot of fun.
2: Do you think he knows who Usher is?
1: Um, it was revealed to me today that Ben Solak does not know who Nancy Kerrigan.
2: He doesn't know who Kid Cudi is either.
1: (laughs) Calvin Harris was also a no. He does know who Taylor Swift is. Do you think he knows who he knows who Robert Beale is? He knows who Robert Beale is, but he doesn't know Usher. fascinating. I think at this point, Ben does know who Usher is. Um, Usher, who by the way is reportedly uh, missing in Las Vegas, very concerning. Yeah, we should take that more seriously, shouldn't we? I know. Why aren't we looking for Usher? We got to go. We're gonna we're gonna log off and we're gonna go look for Usher. Um, Thank you to Chris Sutton, also live from Radio Row in Las Vegas for for producing this episode.
0: He's, he's going to join
1: down. us. We're going to go on the hunt for Usher, who uh, Stephen pointed out is probably going to turn up right before the Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. i might be curious. <laughs> uh, thank you, as always, to Arjuna Rambapal for his additional production supervision. Shout out to Connor Nevins for his as well, um, holding down the fort in Los Angeles. And to everybody else here at, at Bringer Radio Row, it's been a joy.